Welcome to the Improvement Imminent Podcast. I'm Philip Weigel, here with my brother, John Michael. Together, we set out to create a better program that can bridge the gap between gyms and help more athletes improve their fitness. Each week, we ask ourselves, what can we do better? And we challenge each of you to do the same. Our mission is to share our knowledge from our nearly two decades of experience as CrossFit athletes and coaches to help you approach each day's training with more purpose. Hey guys, welcome back for another week. This is part A of our weekly walkthrough, so we're going to go Monday through Wednesday. Make sure you guys check back in on Wednesday for part B, where we'll go through the latter half of the week. Um, But no further ado, Monday we are going to do Murph. It is Memorial Day. Uh, we do Murph on Memorial Day, so Murph is? Well, first off, Michael, what are the hours at Cadre? Oh, um, hours at Cadre are 8.30 and 9.30 in the morning. We only have two morning classes. Yep, and then at CLE, we're going to be opening at 7.30 so people can get in and warm up for an 8 a.m. heat. We're going to run another heat at 8.40 and then one final heat at 9.20. So we'll do three heats of the workout. Um, depending on when you get in, that'll be the heat you slip into. Afterwards, we're going to hang out and kind of have a little bit of a picnic, drink some stuff, grill some stuff, eat some stuff, maybe play some cornhole. So have some fun afterwards if you want to. Cool. Um, so Murph is uh, four-time, one-mile run, 100 pull-up, 200 push-up, 300 air squat, one-mile run. Yeah, the way this one works, uh, first off, you're encouraged to wear a weight vest if you have one and can handle um, a little bit of, of extra load on your body. But also the workout is it's got some free form to it. You're allowed to kind of choose your own destiny. Uh, the one mile run at the beginning and end are what they are. In the middle though, the 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, and 300 air squats, you are allowed to segment those up however you wish. A very popular segmentation uh, that'll, that I think most people use when they can is the 5, 10, 15. So it's, it's 20 rounds of Cindy to get through the 100, 200, and 300 reps, respectively. Um, that one works a lot, or works for a lot of people because it's relatively small bites, only five pull-ups, only 10 push-ups, only 15 air squats at a time. Um, you can definitely choose to make this one more difficult for yourself. Uh, personally, that's the route I take. I like to not do Murph as fast as I can, uh, but rather do Murph in a way that really challenges me physically and mentally. So I think this year I'm doing straight, uh, it's called straight Murph. Unpartitioned? Unpartitioned, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that'll be a one-mile run, then I'll do all 100 pull-ups, all 200 push-ups, all 300 air squats, and then I'll run again. Um, but you could just as well break it into sets of uh, 25, 50, and 75. So a set of 25 pull-ups, 50 push-ups, 75 air squats, and four rounds of that. Really, it's it's got virtually limitless possibilities because you can you can break it up however you want as long as you complete all 100, 200, and 300 before you go to run again. Yep. Uh, I'd say if you've never done it before, that's a really good way to do it. Uh, I think the first time I ever did more if I did the 20 rounds of Cindy, uh, and it helped me just stay yeah, on the, it a little bit. The 5, bit. 10, 15. Yep. So, yeah. um, but uh, when you guys are doing this workout, uh, I would not go out thinking I'm going to attack the run. Uh, it ends up being quite a, uh, a trudge through, and you kind of just have to you know, think about something else, think about why you're doing it. It's not really so much, like Phil said, about how fast you can do it at this point. Um, it's more so just remembering uh, what the workout's written for, 
um, supporting the good cause and just knowing that it's not um, intended for anyone to look really good flying through it, but it's just intended for you guys to do a workout um, that kind of honors Mark Murphy. So Michael, Mike Murphy, yeah. Michael Murphy. Um, yeah, and check check out our, our pages. We'll Both gyms will be putting up um, a post that kind of tells Murph's story mm-hmm. um, and, and just what the background is on this. This is kind of one of the original hero workouts that CrossFit cooked up. Um, and, and, yeah, it's not necessarily meant to be a workout where you have uh, immaculate performance. It's more meant to be a workout where you have a mental and physical and even emotional grind that confronts you and that you have to get through over a long time frame. Yeah. Um, this is a 30-minute-plus workout for the best athletes oh, yeah. in the world. So, And when it's hot, I'd say we're looking at you know some of the quicker people coming in in the low 40s and definitely running up through an hour. Yeah. Uh, when the heat starts hitting, it gets, it gets nasty. So Don't be negligent. Bring yep. water. Absolutely. Um, following that, on to Tuesday, normal structure. We're going to go back to uh, cadre. We're going to have every class open, probably same with CLE. Yep, same um, for us. So we're going to start our strength. It's going to be seven superset rounds on a three-minute clock. We are going to do five deadlifts. This is at 70 to 80% of your one or max deadlift. And then 20 to 30 seconds handstand holding. Uh, if you guys can... Attempt to create balance off the wall. So we've been doing this for quite a bit in the past. Uh, when creating balance off the wall, I know that I'm a fan of this, uh, as I think you are, Phil. It's getting your hands a little bit closer to the wall uh, than we're normally comfortable with, and it's not taking one foot off the wall at a time to create balance, but it's rather it's using the hands and the wrists. Um, think about taking the fingertips and pushing them into the ground to help us create balance off the wall, to help us generate a little bit of power through the wrists. Yeah, there's a... There's an opportunity here to understand something that's unique. Mm-hmm. Um, w- when we are upside down on our hands, we have one opportunity, one connection to the ground. So we have one opportunity to control ourselves based on that connection to the ground, and that is through our hands and our wrist. We don't if we if we're working on kicking away from the wall and trying to fall into balance. That's that's a very misappropriated concept, I think. Because what if the wall's not there? How are you going to create your balance then if you don't have an object to kick off of? The only way to do it is to understand the relationship between your hand, wrist, and the floor because this has become your new foot. You are now standing on your hands, which means that just like your foot sits on the ground and you use that to control your balance and not fall over, you need to now relearn that through the upper body, through the hand and the wrist and the elbow. So really think about that. It's, this is going to be something that's difficult, frustrating at first, and takes quite a good bit of practice to really start to understand and be able to use, but it's definitely worth it. Um, you have to kind of flip the script. It's not trying to kick into a freehold. It is trying to push through the wrist to find a freehold and then feel that balance within the hand itself. Yeah. Um, so... Those deadlifts, by the way, um, sets of five, mm-hmm. 70 to 80%, that is stinking heavy percentages. Mm-hmm. This is one of our last little tune-ups uh, before we're going to do our one rep max in, uh, I believe, either the coming week or the week after. So right at the beginning of June, we're going to hit a one rep max on our deadlift. So this is a time to see how things feel. Go really stinking heavy, um, but make sure you really have good control over all of the mechanics in your lift because this is our last little chance to tune things up, dial them in, and be ready to pull a new PR, hopefully. Yeah, take that last barbell to the ground. 
Uh, so once you finish that final rep, take it to the ground. Don't yep. drop from the top. But um, following that, our workout, following that Murph workout super long, we're going to do one that's real short and nasty. It is four-time, 30 power clean. This is written at 135.95, 20 burpee box jump overs. Um, for guys, that is a 24-inch high box and by the short side, so 20 inches. And for ladies, it's a 20-inch box by the long way, so 24 inches. Or no, by, by the short way again. Yeah, both inches. short way. Yep. Um, and then 30 push jerk. Same weight we use on the power cleans. So this one is it's quick. Um, the power cleans, it, I'd say for sure it's a weight that we string some together. Oh, yeah. String, string together, but, but probably don't try to go unbroken. Um, 30 reps. At the beginning of this one, it can be a little deceiving because there's mm-hmm. a ton of work in those burpee box jump overs. And yes, that is a jump over, meaning that you're not going to make any contact with the box. We need to leave the ground on one side and then land on the other side of the box. So we're completely clearing it in the air. Yep. Um, so frankly, for me at least, the strategy looks like quick power cleans, probably going to go like 15, 10, 5. Something like that where I'm descending, but I'm definitely doing some touch-and-go reps, but there's not a lot of extra rest time. I want to be through those pretty fast. Then the burpee box jump-overs. To me, that's really most of the workout. Finding the right rhythm that lets me move continuously and jump the box confidently. Then getting onto the push jerks. Now it's time to really finish yourself off and finish the workout off. You got to dig deep and try to push big sets on those push jerks. Um, I'm, I'm probably hoping to do something similar to how I started uh, with that 15, 10, 5 potentially. We'll just see how the shoulders feel once we get done with the burpee work um, to actually do those push jerks. I'd say it's, it's not a terrible idea on the way going out because it is the last movement. Um, just see what you can hold on for a set for. If you get to you know 17, 18, maybe even in the low 20s, and then you have to drop, you're so close at that point, check it out. See if you guys can get a couple seconds rest, pick it right back up, and finish. Um, I think my strategy is going to be I'm going to go for whatever kind of set I can hit. Uh, I'll just keep going as high as I can get, and then when I end up having to rest, I'll quickly rest. I Well, yes and no on that. My one encouragement is don't take it to the point where you absolutely can't do one more rep because if you still have seven reps left and you just completely burn the candle out, well, then you got to take the time to rest to relight that candle to be able to go again. So maybe instead of, instead of taking those last two reps that you know are, are iffy at best, then rest a hair earlier so that you can take less rest and pick your bar back up faster. Um, I, I always feel good about doing my kind of three-piece breakdown that I talked about, 15, 10, 5, because I know my next set's smaller, so I can tell myself to pick that bar up more quickly because I already did more work than I'm about to do. So constantly descending gives me a mental edge that allows me to regain uh, my cycle and get back to lifting instead of sitting or standing and resting. Yeah, I would say that's not a bad strategy. Since it is a push jerk and you do get to redip, though, uh, you can push it a little further. So since there's not that failure with the lockout. There is, though. People will fail reps. Yeah, they might. But um, for the 20 burpee box jump over, we do want to see you guys jump over something. So if we have, uh, I know at Cadre, we take PVC pipes and we, sometimes we outline a box and we just create whatever size we need um, or we jump over plates. Um, so whatever you might do at CLE to get people jumping over something. Yep. Uh, but mm. having to jump over an object is much different than being able to land and then hop off. 
Uh, it's a much different stimulus. You actually have to think about the jump. It's, it's a really concentrated effort on the jump. It's not a mindless jump unless you are really, really confident with it. So make sure on that jump over, that's the one place where if you guys do kind of get complacent and we start to get in a routine and we start to get a little bit lazy, we might clip it. So make sure that you guys are putting a full jump into each rep. Yeah, definitely. Um, step towards the box. Don't run at it. <laughs> forward momentum is mostly generated by the amount of leaning you do when you jump, not so much by the speed that you approach that jump with. So don't run at it. Just step into it, lean forward pretty hard, and then launch to get to the other side. Yep. All right, that's it for Tuesday. Wednesday, we're moving on into um, our strength is going to be overhead squat. We're going to build to a max, and the structure is five reps and then five reps and then three, three, and three. One, 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 and one. So we are going to do two sets of five, three sets of three, and four sets of one. Uh, this is a great taper as we've talked about before. When you guys are doing this structure, it allows you to slowly build up towards that one rep naturally in the sets, um, but it also allows you with the lightweight to focus on that technique. Since we're not just going for a one rep, you guys aren't doing one repetition at every weight as you build up. Um, now we're structuring it so that we're going for that one rep at the end, but you have to do a little bit bigger sets at the beginning. It's a great way to warm up, a great way to hit good positioning over the course of multiple reps. Um, and you also build up, what, 10? You build up 19 reps before we're near our ones. Um, so you end up getting a lot of reps in at lightweight. So use it to your advantage. I would say on this one, you probably want to start at about 50% for your first set of five. Um, and then you want to be up around 75 80% by the time you hit the first single. Um, because your singles, you want to be able to move through with reasonable jumps, not massive jumps, um, so that you can really target hitting a new one rep max on that third single, yeah. giving you another chance if you miss it, or another chance to go up if you hit it and just know you've got more in the tank. Um, sometimes that happens. Sometimes we underestimate our abilities, and hopefully we've seen some growth here, and you'll be able to put up a new one rep max on that overhead squat. Yeah, that one's pretty straightforward. Um, just make sure that you guys are using the time efficiently. Make sure you guys are using that, that chunk of time to put in the work in order to get that result. Yeah, you'll hear this again, um, I'm sure, from the coaches as you come into class. But remember, the overhead squat is not a lift that is performed speedily. Uh, overhead squats are very much about control and position. So slow yourself down, ease down into that squat, and then come up with a little bit of power and speed but make sure that you've really gone down with control because if you get a hair out of position on the descent, then you are greatly risking your ability to then ascend with the weight. Yep. Um, I found that out just uh, just this last week when, well, I got a little bit out of position and missed my third rep on uh, on my three rep max. So that's all it takes. That all, all it takes is a half inch and you can completely lose a lift that you could have made. So be slow, be controlled, be methodical. Yep. Um, our workout is then going to be three rounds per time, 30 calorie row, and 25 push-ups. For ladies, that row is 24 calories. So this is a super simple workout. Um, there is nothing crazy about it. Uh, it is about putting out a high load of power on the rower, understanding that the movement that follows the rowing is not going to require the same muscle groups. We're going to be using very different muscles to do our pushing with the push-up than we did to produce that power with the leg drive and the and the arm pull 
although the arm pull is minimal, um, the rower is very much a different, a different animal than the push-up is. So we can really tax both systems to the near extremes. Um, row hard, harder than you want to most likely. And then those push-ups, uh, my, my one thing I'm going to stress that I always stress is you need to have quality on your push-ups. I do not care that you can do your reps faster with more sloppy movement. I would much rather you try to nail your push-ups and do good repetitions and take a small break when you need to than grind through more sloppier reps. Uh, you do yourself a disservice when you do this. It will not help you to further the gymnastics that are truly complicated and difficult like ring dips and handstand push-ups. So do a harder push-up to make the hard things easier. Yeah, chest all the way to the deck, and then make sure you lock out those arms. Uh, and as always, keep the elbows tight. I found for myself at least external rotation in the push-up has helped me a ton with understanding how to do that when I take a bar and put it overhead. Uh, just building in that pattern over a movement that's a little more simple, uh, and you can do a lot of reps of it, but also very taxing. So. Yep, so that one we want to see you guys hammer pretty hard. Um, again, after such a long haul on Monday with Murph, we got two shorter ones on Tuesday and Wednesday to, to let you kind of unleash the beast and do a little bit of borderline sprint work. Um, get after it, attack it, but do it well. Be proud of the effort you put in, and uh, you'll get good results out. Yep, uh, that is Monday through Wednesday, so make sure you guys check back in on Wednesday morning. We're going to have Part B out, which is Thursday through Saturday. We'll see you guys in the gyms.